lift up those holy hands. Let all God's people praise the Lord. So now praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Let all God's people praise the Lord. Shake off those heavy bands. Oh, now lift up those holy hands. Let all God's people praise the Lord. One more time. Oh, just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let all God's people praise the Lord. Shake off those heavy bands. Lift up those holy hands. Let all God's people praise the Lord. Amen. We just want to welcome you this evening. Let's put it in the key of G. Let's sing that song, uh, Jesus Got a Hold of My Life. Oh, now Jesus got hold of my life and he won't let me go. Oh, Jesus got into my heart, he got into my soul. I used to be oh so sad, but now I'm free and glad that Jesus got a hold of my life and he won't let me go. i 
desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay. Though some may dwell where these abound, my prayer, my aim is higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on song of saints on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven, stable and a higher place than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Now I want to scale most high and catch a gleam of glory bright but still I'll pray till heaven I found Lord lead me on to higher ground Lord lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven stable Blessed Lord, in the way Thou hast gone, leading straight to the land above. Oh, giving cheer everywhere to the sad and the lone. Fill my way every day with love. So fill my way every day with love. Now as I walk with the heavenly song and a smile oh, fill my way every day with love and keep me close to the side of my Savior and guide let me never in darkness roam oh keep my path free from wrath and my soul satisfied fill my way every day with love so fill my way Every day 
this race will be o'er and I'll travel no more but abide in my home above oh let me sing blessed king all the way to the shore fill my way every day with love so fill my way every day with love as I walk with the heavenly dove and let me go all the while with a song and a smile fill my way every day with love so fill my way every day with love As I walk with the heavenly dove And let me go all the while with a song and a smile Fill my way every day with love Amen Let's go ahead and uh, we'll change the word of the service. You guys sound so good singing, so we'll sing a few more here. Um, but we'll slow it down here. Put it in the key of G. I'm sorry, D. Let's sing that song, Commune With Me, before we take our prayer request to the Lord. So commune with me. want to remember the drums this evening. We want to continue to remember them. Uh, we also want to continue to remember my Aunt Karen, uh, who's still recovering, so we just want to remember her. Um, we also uh, just want to remember the Whitlocks, Sister Carrie and Sister Hannah. They're not feeling well. Sister Carrie's still dealing with her back, and uh, Sister Hannah's still not feeling well, so we just want to remember her in prayer. Um, also, uh, we want to remember our Brother Earl Munch, who uh, they're not able to be with us this evening, uh, he has injured his shoulder, so we just want to remember them in prayer. Um, and also just remember Dad, he is uh, having to travel today and is getting ready to leave out on a trip. So just uh, pray that he'll have a safe trip and come home back okay. And uh, we also uh, have a special prayer request here from Brother Jonathan Mail. Um, he had a co-worker whose father had uh, flown over to the Philippines and had a heart attack. Uh, so we just want to remember him and um, his family this evening. So um, uh, we also uh, want to welcome Amanda Brown and Josh and, Josh and Jessica O'Malley, who um, are visiting with us, but they're on their way back from Pensacola. 
uh, we're going back home to Pensacola, so we just want to remember them as well as they head back home uh, tomorrow. So, But that is all the prayer requests that I have this evening. Uh, so if you would just stand with me at this time, and we'll uh, take these needs before the Lord, and um, also we'll go ahead and take up our tithes and offering this evening as well. So, Brother Jaron, if you would come forward and pray over these uh, prayer requests and the tithes as well. Amen. Let's bow our heads together and pray. Take these special needs to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we approach you, Lord, in humble hearts. Lord, we just pray, God, that as we come before you, Lord, that you would forgive us of anything that is contrary. Lord, that you would wash us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, and make us clean and new. Father, we need you every hour. And Lord, as we we come before you, we bring the special needs of our church, our assembly before you, Lord. And we ask that you would reach and touch those that are sick and afflicted during this time, Lord. I pray that you would be merciful, God, to them. Lord, let your healing power and virtue flow to each individual that has put forth a need, Lord. You've heard each and every request, Lord, and they are special in your eyes, God. Lord, I pray for them, Lord. I pray that you would touch them. God, I pray for those that couldn't be with us uh, this evening, Lord, that you would just, um, you'd grant a special blessing to them, those that may be streaming, Father. I pray that you would be mindful of their needs as well, Lord. Lord, you are more than able to handle every need. And Lord, we just cast our cares upon you tonight, Lord. We're asking that you would just speak to our hearts, God. Lord, that you would anoint the ministry, Father, that you would just lay a a word in due season, Lord, upon the hearts and minds of us, Lord, that you would just help us to be mindful of you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would just bless the remainder of this service. We commit it into your hands. We pray for the tithes and offerings, Lord, that they would be used for the furtherance of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Just as they pass by, you may have your seats. Let's uh, put it in the key of G. We'll just sing a song or two here before Brother Barry comes out this evening. So this is my desire. To honor you, O Lord, with all my heart, I worship you.
Who died now glorified? 
worship His majesty Unto Jesus be all glory, honor, and different tempo here just to prepare us for the word this evening but let's sing that song how great is our god how great is his word so how great is our god and how great is his word he's the greatest one that the waters of the mighty Red Sea, and said, I'll go with you, put your trust in me. Once more time, how great is our God, 
How great is His Word He's the greatest one That ever was heard And He rolled back the waters Of the mighty Red said I'll go with you so put your trust in me praise the Lord and everybody said no 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 everybody said happy birthday to Emmanuel today happy birthday Emmanuel God bless you let's take your Bibles tonight let's go to sorry the book of Philippians let's start there good to be in the house of the Lord good to have all of you here Tonight with us, on this Wednesday night, it's always a good night to gather with God's people. There's never really a bad time to gather with God's people, and we are honored to have you with us in the house of the Lord. Philippians, the fourth chapter, very familiar passage, but I want to take a thought here from verse 9. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, the God of peace and the God of peace shall be with you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for how positive it always is. We thank you, Lord Jesus, because you have a way of instructing us that uh, is far beyond human intelligence and human ability. The very best thing we can do, Lord, now for all of us is just to submit ourselves to you, Lord, and let go and let you deal with our hearts and minds and Open our, open our understanding, Lord, so the Holy Spirit can deposit things in our heart that really matter, that really benefit us. Lord Jesus, we pray for those who are needy tonight, those who are sick. We pray, dear God, for Brother Johnny especially, and ask you, Lord, to minister to him and give him strength. And we ask, Lord, that you would just, again, breathe upon this service and take complete control in the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen. And all God's people said... Amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Great to have Sister Jolyn here uh, tonight from um, Idaho, right? Brother Paul Halet's daughter. Great. Down visiting the uh, hash browns and great to have uh, them with us tonight. Um, We missed a couple of anniversaries and... We want to acknowledge those. Brother Ben, Sister Rachel Pritchard had an anniversary uh, this past weekend. And then Brother Troy and Sister Connie uh, had their anniversary. And we mentioned that last Wednesday night, I believe. And we appreciate them very much. Also as well, uh, Brother Mike and Sister Angie have their 43rd anniversary today. Isn't that right? We appreciate the Pritchards and all they do. And uh, may God bless you and bless your year ahead uh, we just want to say as a congregation that we really appreciate you very much and may God richly bless you. 
Um, also, I missed, uh, on, on Monday was, was the Reynolds uh, anniversary, 52 years. And uh, they, uh, they're just a special couple uh, to us as well. And uh, got to go see Brother Johnny today. And uh, you have to pack a lunch and get your knapsack and uh, hike from the parking garage to over to where Brother Johnny is for sure. As a matter of fact, it's such a distance that uh, some guy came by in a golf cart who, car- who shuttles people around. And I flagged him down and I said, hey, uh, I got service tonight at 7, so if you don't mind... Uh, it's already 1 o'clock, so i got to get to visit Brother Johnny. So he was very helpful and got me uh, to where we needed to go. But uh, Brother Johnny, uh, I mentioned on uh, the last update that I sent out that uh, they were hoping to be able to get him to go home, but he's got drainage is, is the issue from the surgery. Uh, the doctor's very happy with the operation, and I will tell you that's a major operation. That's essentially like disassembling somebody reassembling them with a couple of new parts and getting them back on their feet again. And uh, it really is quite a major uh, procedure. But the doctor is very happy with how that came out. Now it's weaning him off the effects of surgery and the blood thinner and all the other things that he's gone through. So if you don't mind remembering him in prayer, he's, he's got uh, like open heart surgery. He's, he's uh, got throat irritation and that makes him cough and when you've had that surgery you don't want to cough and uh, he, he's got to hug himself whenever he coughed and uh, I, I didn't even want to stay too long uh, you know just to force him to speak and um, if you don't mind remembering him in prayer I, I know that they would really appreciate that we appreciate the families who have helped Sister Doris uh, it, it's a it's a real ordeal for somebody going through that themselves, but but in a in a case like this, a spouse really goes through it as well. And uh, for the families here that have helped and jumped in with Sister Doris, that really is much appreciated. So uh, <clears throat> I wanted to mention also that we have our youth event this weekend. There's a hike uh, at two o'clock uh, going out uh, for all the group that know who the hike is for, and then they have dinner at around 5 p.m., and we have a special guest who's going to be there uh, for, the, uh, for the evening and uh, going to speak, and uh, so for all the young people, I know that'll be a blessing, and I wish I was going to be here that we could uh, participate in that with you, because uh, they said it's an easy hike, and I'm into, I'm into easy hikes, so... We also, too, were working on a date, and dates are difficult because things are so busy. But Lord willing, I'm trying to push things back uh, a little bit. But we're working on a date possibly in May uh, or the end of April when we can get together with our young couples that are couples with kids. And we're going to have an evening with them and a fellowship. Uh, So we'll let you know when that is so that you can prepare and get yourself a babysitter. And uh, that'll be really nice because we'd like to be able to do that uh, with all of our young couples. And that's overdue. So we're looking, uh, we're looking forward to doing that. And we will sure let you know as soon as we can uh, get a date nailed down. Now, uh, our Easter meetings, as we have been mentioning, Brother uh, David Iverson uh, is coming in on April 6th. And he's going to be traveling around. Brother David knows lots of people in the U.S. And he's going to be uh, traveling around. But he's going to be here on our Easter weekend and uh, going to minister for us on Saturday night and then on Sunday as well, and then we'll have our uh, dinner after on Sunday. So, 
Uh, if you know somebody that doesn't have a place to go on Easter, because it's nice to have a place to go on Easter, you're certainly welcome to invite them and uh, have them enjoy the, the services. Brother David's just a wonderful brother, has a wonderful and uh, will enjoy his ministry, I'm sure. Now, in saying that, uh, I know that uh, you know when we have a, a regular Sunday these days, we're pretty full. And uh, I wanted to just say this tonight uh, to you folks, because some of you have asked me about uh, about that situation. And, you know, sometimes it's difficult to snag a parking place on Sunday. You've got to come early. Sometimes it's difficult to get a seat. You've got to come early. And uh, even our Sunday school, and every group wants to have their own Sunday school area. We are fully aware of all of those issues and more besides. All of our trustees attend church here, and <laughs> they're, very, uh, they're very conscious and very aware of uh, the limitations of our assembly, of our building size, as it stands. And so we know, we're discussing that, we're praying about that. Let me tell you, we're seeking God's will uh, on that issue, because that's a big deal. Uh, but I will tell you this, uh, we had, uh, with Brother Ben's help, we had uh, a conference with the bank uh, today, we owe a little left on our fellowship hall, and that's our first priority. We want to pay that off and finish that completely. Lord willing, I'd like to be able to do that. Sister Doris, you're here. I didn't, I didn't see you here. You're, you're kind of behind somebody. God bless you. Good to have you here. Uh, we, we are uh, in the process of hopefully escalating or uh, accelerating uh, the payments as we have been doing to try to knock that out. And Lord willing, within a year or less, I'd love to be able to do it in 2023, uh, just to be able to knock that out completely. But that's our, that's our first goal. But uh, bear with us. Uh, like I say, we're, we're going to be doing some renovations on the restrooms out here uh, coming up soon. And there are other things that we know we don't have enough space for garbage. We don't have enough space for parking. We don't have enough space for a number of things already. So that's a big decision, but I'm going to ask you just to pray with us that uh, we find the mind of the Lord, get rid of the debt that's on the fellowship hall, and then um, see what God opens up for us. Because uh, I believe that, uh, you know, whenever, whenever uh, you come to a place where we don't see any, any more progress or we don't have, uh, you know, uh, a path, God always has a path. He always has an answer. So uh, sometimes our, our best strategy is just to wait on him and just to look to him for that leadership. So we are aware of all of that, and uh, we appreciate your, your patience in that. Now, just wanted to give you a couple of images here. These are uh, brothers and sisters, uh, a lot of young people in Malawi uh, who are uh, working hard to make sure that all those people over there, about a 1,000 families are displaced who are believers in southern Malawi, and they are, uh, some of them are quite destitute, and uh, in a dangerous place. And so we are uh, doing everything we can. They have received funds we've sent. Uh, there, there are uh, supplies that have been purchased, and they are uh, being offloaded here. We opened up our building in Malawi to, uh, to allow all of our uh, believers over there to work together to take apart all of those bulk supplies that we bought and distribute them and divide them up into individual hampers for the families over there. Now, I'll tell you something that you don't know, <clears throat> and uh, just so that you're aware of this, this is not just a Goodwill Samaritan food operation here that we're doing. That's part of it, and, and we're, we're trying to do everything we can 
uh, to put essential supplies into the hands of believers over there uh, who have nothing. And these are people now who we're, we're dealing with have walked away from their villages with only the clothes on their back. They lost every single thing, their house, their clothing, their uh, everything they had was completely washed away. And, and in many of those places, there is no village to go back to. There is absolutely nothing to go back to. What the government did was open up tent cities. They opened up tent refuges, refugee, refugee areas for the people who were displaced. So if you have nowhere to go, you can go to this place, and they put a tarp over a stick, and that's where families have been living. The problem with that is twofold. Number one, um, <clears throat> there is no supervision of those areas. So there's no police and there's no military who are in those areas. So it is very, very dangerous for uh, folks to be there, especially our sisters. So if the sisters are going to get water, for instance, after dark, because they would probably have a common well, it becomes a very violent situation. And there have been some incidents over there, even among the believers. So uh, it is kind of a free-for-all in that area. And the second issue is that if they take the hampers and bring them into the camp where everybody is, the drivers, uh, who are the folks who are driving our trucks and so forth, the ministers, they would be beaten and everything taken away. It's happened every day since uh, people have been in these camps because there is literally nothing to eat. And so what the ministers are now doing is calling a church service, like on a Tuesday night, and call out the believers from these camps, bring them to church, wherever they can, the closest church, give them the supplies they need and let them filter back into the camps again. Uh, because if they show up with a big box of stuff or they show up with a truckload of materials, it's gone. And there's no law and order. So uh, for the, the present situation, it's pretty rough. And uh, not only are we trying to do what we can you know, to get supplies to them, but we're also trying to do what we can to get them out of there, out of those camps. And the way we do that is to give them plastic tarps. Plastic tarps will allow a family to get out, string it over a tree or something, and allow them to be able to have a place they can move away from the camps, the refugee camps that are there. So it's really hard. You're looking at me, and it's really hard to imagine how a family starts again. There's no government support. There's no government money. There's no uh, resources that they have. There's no one they can turn to and say, hey, I lost my job. We have no income. We have no house. We have no food. We have nothing. They, they have nowhere to go. And so for the believers, they, they pray hard. Let me tell you, in those, in those countries, in those situations, they pray hard. And uh, so we're trying to do everything we can to get supplies to a safe place and then get those believers uh, ministered to in, in the way that's happening. So that's, that's ongoing every day. We're, we're working on that. Brother Aaron's helping. We're doing, uh, we're doing things in a, an accountable way. So you know, people who give us funds, and the funds you give, you know, we, we channel that to them. So that's ongoing. So if you don't mind, uh, you, you could, I know our prayer list these days is long. But add these folks to it, if you don't mind, and for the people who are helping to get this work done, uh, that's, that's really important. It's really a, really a big help. All right. <clears throat> Having said all of that, I wanted to bring you greetings from Brother Sam Browning. 
and uh, Brother Nathaniel Zayas up there. The churches came together. They had a meeting on this weekend and asked me only to preach five services in two days. And uh, so it was, uh, it was quite, a, uh, quite a time fellowship with them. They had uh, a lot of people who were there on Saturday, all day Saturday, from several churches and several places. There was a busload came up from, uh, from uh, Indiana uh, who were there, and it was uh, just a, a wonderful time. And then we had uh, service and then uh, a youth service. They had a tri-state youth service uh, that Sunday night, so things were pretty busy. It was really nice to be up in Ohio where uh, we had lived and people from our old church actually came and uh, were there and it was really nice to see uh, see some of those believers. So they send their greetings down to you and thank you for the loan of uh, your pastor. Uh, I am the pastor here in case anybody's not clear. I, I, I left my name tag. I had it on today when I went in the hospital. Uh, I can get it if anybody's unclear, but uh, it's good to be good to be with you tonight. We, we, are, we are trailing down, we're not finished yet, but we're trailing down from our busy schedule. And once April strikes, then we'll be uh, really doing a minimal amount of travel over the next several months. So uh, we, um, we appreciate your patience. I've said that several times tonight. All right, let's look at, <clears throat> again, uh, this, this topic of seven things that adoption teaches us. And I want to... Um, I want to deal with this subject, doing things the Father's way. And I hope, um, I hope it's been informative for you to uh, tackle this subject this way. And I, I did not intend to be at, still at number seven here, and we're still at the first thing that uh, adoption teaches us. But um, I, I, myself, I've been looking at p- new patterns in Scripture that I haven't really studied uh, for a long, long time, and it's really been, uh, he- I mean, it's been helpful for to me because uh, me, like you, and no matter what age you're in, what season of life you're in, we seem to be always learning. There seems to be things always that we, uh, that we are learning and encountering and growing with and uh, circumstances that you face that you didn't expect that uh, now cause you to really turn to God and uh, find his will and seek his face and you know practice what it is that God is telling you to do. And, and that, is a, that is a part of that process of adoption for us to learn the Father's way. The Father's way is always best. Father's way does not always make sense to us, but it is the Father's way. And because it is, it's the best way. And so, as we mentioned before, and I love this little graphic that was made uh, after a couple of weeks ago, that uh, there are some things about circumstances and about people that you cannot change. And you're better off conserving your energy instead of trying to yell at everybody and trying to reform the world. Uh, Look at yourself in the mirror and change what you can about yourself and your situation and leave the rest to God. And the best way to deal with people, uh, even the people who upset you and the people who criticize you, is to deal with them with grace. Uh, because that's how you want to be dealt with as well. And you want to be quick to extend grace to people. And uh, that's, that's, uh, that's something that we should never, ever forget. And there are things that all of us go through that uh, we need healing for uh, inwardly, and God knows that, and he's still a healer. He heals the brokenhearted. Uh, he heals the people who are uh, downcast. He heals people that are anxious. He heals people that are struggling with different things, and, uh, you know, he's, he's, just a, he's just a healer. That's what he is. He's a, he's a fountain of healing. 
He's, a, he's an inexhaustible fountain, Brother Bram said. He's an inexhaustible fountain of grace and mercy. And we should be drawing from that. We should not be hesitant to do that. We should be drawing from that. And when we need it, and we need it for our family, or we need it for our, uh, for our loved ones, or we need it for our church, we should be drawing from that and appealing to him as the healer that he is. Now, <clears throat> I, I want to I just deal with this tonight and... Uh, uh, approach this in a bit, little bit of a different way here. But <clears throat> we know that when revelation comes, it changes the way we see things. Uh, when you get a revelation of something in the Bible, it changes the way you see it. Uh, if you, for instance, if you go to Israel and you, you're, you, you uh, walk across the land of Israel and you visit the sites there, you're, you're standing in Jerusalem, it changes the way you read the word Jerusalem in your Bible. Because you have a visual, and you have the experience, you have the smells and the sounds of Jerusalem, and the people, and everything that happens there. And your Bible then becomes less static, it becomes less, uh, less just words on paper. And we know that we don't treat the Bible that way, but there's, there's, you have memories associated, we have other senses that are associated with it. But when you have a revelation of something, like when you read Malachi 4, we don't read that like the rest of the world, say, would read it. We read it with an understanding, an understanding that cannot be taken away from you. Because a revelation changes the way you see the Bible. The revel- a revelation from God changes the way you see God. A revelation changes the way you see yourself. And that's what it's meant to do. A revelation is not meant to leave you the same way as you were before. This is not about the accumulation of knowledge. It is about causing you to act and to, have, uh, to allow the Word of God to have effect in your life. Whenever we, whenever we come to a place where the Word doesn't have effect we have to really become desperate in prayer because the word is never not meant to have an effect on you. Now, there's a lot of negatives in that last sentence there, but let me that's the best way I can say it. The word is always meant to have an effect on you. The word is always meant to move you. The word is always meant to arouse you or stimulate you. It is meant to uh, make you think. It is, in, it is, uh, is intended uh, to make you look at yourself and repent if that's what's needed. Or to look at yourself and to realize, I need to go forward if that's what you need to do. Sometimes you get a revelation of things and you look at it and you, you realize, wow, I've got to change. The way I'm doing things, or even sometimes you look at, uh, you look at your family and your family, all of a sudden you realize they've grown. You know what? They're not little kids anymore. You've got to change because something has changed them. You just need to catch up with that change. Isn't that right? And there are things that God calls for us to change because he wants us to become something other than what we are. He wants us to become something higher than what we are. Now, I can say it this way, all right? God is not calling for a life from us. He's not calling for a certain kind of conduct uh, that he wants you to memorize or tickle. And, and he's not looking for people that are, not, uh, that, that are just going through the motions because that's how we do it at HBT. God's not looking for that. God is actually calling for, God is actually calling to a life that he placed in you. 
So he's not calling for a disciplined way of doing things and, uh, you know, a list of rules. God is actually calling to a life that he put in there. And when you're born again, God actually contacts that life and that life begins to develop. God does not need to train that, uh, that life to uh, manifest itself. It's going to manifest itself. You say, well, what's all the adoption about? The adoption is about taking the Father's word and applying it in the life we live. How do I take God's word and apply it to my life? So, for instance, if you're a father, how do I be a godly Christian father in a world like we live in today? If you're a teenager, how do I, how do I conduct myself uh, as a good teenager, as a Christian teenager today? We have the Holy Spirit that helps, helps us to, and leads us and guides us, but we also have ministry and parents, and we have trusted elders that help us help answer questions for people because you know what? We don't know it all as we go through seasons of life. Isn't that right? We don't know it all. And so we're learning. We're all learning. And, and there is a, uh, there's a life that God's placed in you. He calls to that life. And let me tell you, there's a quickening. There's a new birth. And, and that person begins to walk in a direction that's different than another, uh, in the, the walk they were on previously. And I will tell you something that uh, God wants to shape that person and mold that person and help them walk in a godly way in a very ungodly world. And we need to use all the resources that we can in order to make that happen. Does that make sense? When, when God told Abraham, he said, uh, in Genesis chapter th- uh, 13, he said, Arise and walk through the land in the length of it and the breadth of it, and I will give it unto thee. The word arise, when he says to Abraham, arise, he, it means that uh, we now need to uh, put this into effect. Abraham, you're here, and I don't want you just to be uh, like a citizen of the land. I want you to actually get up and walk on this land. Put your feet on the, uh, put your footsteps on this ground. Mark this land. It's yours. And, and I'm, and I'm going to, I brought you and this promise now together, and you're the one that's going to inherit this. I want you to rise up on your feet, and you walk on this land because it's your land. I'm going to give it to you. As a matter of fact, he even says, I want you to lift up your eyes. You remember when he tells that to Abraham? I'm going I'm to take you out of the land of Ur, and bring you here and here and here and here. Finally brings him into the promised land. Lot is gone. Lot's gone his way into Sodom. And then Abraham, God says to Abraham, he says, lift up thine eyes now and look upon the, the sand on the sea and look at the stars in the sky. And you should look up in the, in the sky, especially when five planets are aligning. That's a good thing to look at. And I will tell you that God told Abraham to look up in the sky and see that. In other words, God God wanted Abraham to look at, listen, God wanted Abraham to look at more than just what he was seeing in the natural around him. There was something greater that was happening. There was something far greater happening than just Abraham in a new country. And now he's got a new house, and now he's got a new place uh, to graze his sheep. Uh, that's the natural way of looking at things, and God did that. God brought him there and put him in the land, so he's got that. But God said to Abraham, don't stop there. Look up. Lift up your eyes. Look up. There's something bigger that's happening. And I say this to you tonight. It, you know what? God brought us to where we are, and it's more than just a church, and just more than just another movement, just more and more, uh, not, uh, not just new doctrines here. But lift up your eyes tonight. It's good for you to do that. Lift up your eyes and realize 
We're a part of the bride of Christ that has lived all for the last 2,000 years and we're at the, at the turning point. We're at the junction of a very important time where God's people are going to be raptured and taken away and go into another kingdom. Don't just get looking at this world here. Don't just get fixated on this world here. And don't get wrapped up in the circumstances here. They're going to pass. Hear me tonight. They're going to change. They're not going to remain this way forever. That's all going to change. All of the circumstances around us, it's all going to change. They, and, if, and if we don't change it, the government's going to change it. Or the church is going to change it. Or God's going to allow circumstances in us to be changed. I, I, I saw an article or a headline today that the Pope is in the hospital here. Let me tell you, whenever you see a flip or a change in world leaders, especially the Pope and presidents and so forth, uh, let me tell you, there's change in the wind. And so even if you don't do anything, the world around you is going to change. But don't get your eyes just fixated on that. Look up, rise up, let your eyes go a little higher and realize you're part of a bride that God has redeemed. He sought you. He bought you. He's brought you to this place. And it's only temporary. He's going to bring you into that place. And that's where we belong. That's where we're going back to. So don't get caught up into this here. Brother Branham says that there's coming an hour when God will make the world bow at the feet of men and women who have plunged through and crossed Jordan and separated themselves from the things of the world. Our job is to follow God. He's going to deal with the world. He's going to judge all of that. And God calls us to separate. And total, uh, total separation from all unbelief, that's what, uh, that's what believers strive for. And brother and sister tonight, whatever you do, cross Jordan with God. Go on over, separate, leave the world behind. Let God train you for his own service. We are living in a day before this revival, and God's searching out, trying to find hearts. So let God train you. Let God deal with you so that he can prepare you for what it is that's next. And don't keep your eyes low. Keep your eyes high. All right? Now, we're going to look at that in Scripture in just a moment here. Brother Branham said, now, if I taught you a Methodist message, and this is 1965, 11, a month later, he'd be gone. And so I look at these last messages here as, as significant. And he says, I t- if I taught you a Methodist message, it would have no effect on you because this is the bride time. And we know by our study that for every age and every people in that age, there's a specific message for that age that will only work in this age. So God wired you in a certain way to receive a certain thing, and it's got to happen at a certain time. And then he says the same thing if Moses uh, you know, brought the message to know, if Jesus taught Moses a message... He said, because the predestinated seed are laying there that will only be watered by that type of water that's given for that seed, and it won't grow under any other condition. So God's got this lined out. And you can take a chicken egg and put it in an incubator. Uh, He said, that that will hatch, but he said, you can't put it underneath a puppy. He said, it's the condition that makes it hatch. So whatever is to come forth needs to have a certain atmosphere in order for it to hatch. So he said it has to be under a certain condition. And, and that's, that's in, a, in a short sense, that's also why we have church order. Because there's certain things that God wants to bring out here. And you know what? There's even more things that God wants to bring out in your home. And, and this may sound funny, but church order is equally or more important in your home than it is even in here. In comparison, we're here not much of the week. We're at home a lot of the week. How you conduct yourself in your home is going to have an effect on the atmosphere in your home. And the ones who are supposed to be incubated in your home. 
So he said it has to be under a condition. So no matter where we are, and you can take a good live egg and put it under a dead hen, it won't hatch. Well, that's the way it is with the age we're living in. You've got to find what is God's way of doing it for this age. That's what's critical. And I will tell you something, that's the greatest challenge. All pastors, we talk about this uh, particular issue a lot. Because it's really important for us to be able to follow the leadership of the Lord and apply what's appropriate in our time. And I, I, I will tell you that there are, I, I've, heard some, I've heard some really good things uh, lately. Ministers, different ministers talking about this together. And I've heard a couple of sermons that I want to even share and, and Brother Branham said that's what every messenger of every age did. Wesley did, Luther did, Pentecostals and so forth. God's age and the time to do it. So in other words, we've got to be very sensitive to what God wants for this particular time. And sensitivity is hard to do because things are, are, are happening so fast, right? I'll give you an example. I was up in, when I was up in Ohio this last weekend and I had, I had five services and I knew I had five. And I had, pre- I had prepared long before leaving. You know, you're thinking about those services and praying about what God would have me to do and say and so forth and revising things and all of that. And I had four in my pocket. You know what, you know what I mean? Four, pfft, no problem. Got it. Settled. The fifth, I just, I just could not get any peace about it. I worked on it. I did, you know, did a PowerPoint, scrapped it, did another one, scrapped it. And I'm just saying, all right, it's, su- it's Sunday afternoon. I mean, i got to show up. I'll be docked if, I'm, if I don't show up. And I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just uh, we're out for lunch, and I, I'm just thinking, i got to get back because i got to, I'm just not settled. And so, you're going to hate me for telling you this, but they have the best ice cream shop in North America, in this little town called Avon. I mean, folks, as a matter of fact, it would be worth it for us to get a bus. <laughs> hey, hey, you're laughing. And it was freezing cold up there. And I informed them that it is springtime. Uh, and it, they were lined up, up, lined up through the place. You know, it was just really good. So we're sitting there after lunch, and we're just eating a little bit of ice cream, and the pastor's wife just begins to tell a testimony. And she's just talking about a certain condition and just just casually telling us how the Lord moved in this particular young man's life and blah, 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 and just telling it. And as I was listening to that, and I'm thinking, i got to go, i got to get ready, you know, this is the way my mind works, I'm thinking. And it was just like the Lord spoke to me, and I'm not talking about audible voices here, but the Lord just dropped it in my heart. That's it. That's the subject, what she's talking about right there. And I just stood up, and I said, i got to go. <laughs> i, I got to leave. I scrapped everything that I had done and uh, just began to, to, I found a scripture and just began to work on that and, and got my notes together. I had about an hour and a half and got my notes together. And it was, it was probably the best service of the whole weekend just because it was right on cue I believe, for what the Lord had for all those young people in the tri-state. There's a, all I'm saying to you is that we constantly and exclusively seek what God wants for this age. 
in our time, there's lots of ways you can Google all kinds of sermons. You can get all kinds of sermons from all kinds of preachers and so forth. There, That's not what God wants. Historically, that served its purpose. But in the present, God wants exactly what he wants for this age, this people. He wants you to hear certain things. And, and Brother Ram said that's the, that's the striving of every minister. So, as we read here in Genesis chapter 13, that's what God wanted Abraham to do, to lift up now thine eyes. He's separated. He doesn't have other influences like Lot. He doesn't have the strife that's there. And lift up now thine eyes and look from the place whence thou art, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. Let me give you another example. If you don't mind, take your Bible. We're learning to do things the Father's way. Let's go to 1 Samuel. You'll know this story, but I want to highlight a few things here with you, if you don't mind, if, if this would be all right. 1 Samuel chapter 9, we're going to pick it up there. And this is a story of when Saul, who would be King Saul, comes in on the scene. And I just want you to watch how God deals with him and the people in this particular situation. Now remember now, this is after, after the people told Samuel, we want a king like everybody else. One of the reasons they wanted a king, which is not always highlighted, but one of the reasons they clamored for a king and complained they didn't have one is because there were so many fights going on with the Philistines. The Philistines, who are neighbors, they, are, they were constantly antagonizing Israel and attacking and coming across their borders. And Israel said, you know, we don't have an organized army. We don't have an identifiable leader and a king like other nations do. And so we want to have that because we want to protect our families. That that is not essentially a bad motive here. But you know what? They wanted it at the wrong time. They wanted it a little bit ahead of God's program because God had David actually to be born on earth at that time. And he was going to be the king, but they jumped in ahead of that, right? So they're in the season of getting a king, but they're moving too quickly here. And, and they're doing that out of a sense of desperation of the circumstances. And again, let me say, it's easy to react the wrong way when you have bad circumstances. Because you're desperate to change things. But you've got to learn to do it the Father's way. Okay, so watch. And... The Bible says in chapter 9 and verse 4, it says, And he passed through Mount Ephraim, this is Saul, before he's king, and passed through the land of Shalisha, but they found them not. They're looking for donkeys, okay? The father's donkeys are gone. And so Saul and his buddy set out to find them, and they couldn't find them there. They found them not. They passed through the land of Shalim, and there they found them not. And he passed through the land of the Benjaminites, and they found them not. And then they were come to the land of Zuf, and Saul said to his servant that was with him, Hey, come, let us.